Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another edition of To The Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well. And we are here on a Thursday. It's a joyous day here in New Brunswick with COVID restrictions being dropped in just two weeks, which I can tell you I'm excited about. I'm sure my uh, co-host today is excited about. But uh, we've been missing in action for two weeks, but it's not because of lack of effort from either of us. Uh, I've been working on a new project for the podcast. Seamus has been tackling the Irving or the uh, self-anointed by me, the Anderson file, if you will, uh, at KPMG doing the Lord's work. And uh, I'm happy that we're back today, Shay. And um, I know you, you haven't even seen what I'm, what I'm doing yet, uh, but uh, this is the last podcast before I announce it tomorrow afternoon. So I'm happy that uh, me and you get to ch- chat some sports today before uh, we, we dawn a new era here on uh, TTP. Oh, I'm excited, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. And thanks for being patient with me over the last, you know, week and a half of delay, delay, delay. So it's, you know, finally feels like a release getting to uh, getting to chat again. And uh, yeah, no, I know. I don't know what the project is, but I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be tuning into the announcement tomorrow. Yeah. Um, should be exciting. Uh, tomorrow afternoon. We'll be, uh, we'll be dropping that quick little, uh, quick little infomercial, if you will, on what's, what's coming. Uh day in day out here into the point and of course you'll be uh you'll be a part of it and i'll kind of announce that tomorrow as well to all the listeners but um like i said it's been a minute since we've uh since we've chatted uh i just wanted to say congratulations to you and uh your better half miss kennedy for for three years together and uh uh just you know congratulations and uh you know happy to see you guys still going strong after uh three long years together yeah, yeah, three long years, you know, uni sweetheart, and uh, no, it's it's good. Yeah, thank, appreciate appreciate the uh, appreciate the love. It's a uh, nice duel celebrating this this Friday, and um, yeah, no, it's it's fun to look back at. That's it's you deserve a lot of credit for that because I can't commit to something for like five minutes, so you know. Except for this podcast. That's true. That's true. The only thing I can, uh, because, you know, I'll commit to watching a sporting event then I'll switch to like a new Jersey, New Jersey devil game just in the middle of it. Just some a sicko, but, um, lots that we could start with today. Uh, we're going to bounce around, but I, you know, there's this topic, you know, I've heard it all week about the NBA Shea following the all-star game, which go figure. I did not watch a single second of, but, um, I did find this interesting, and I think there's a lot of different ways we could talk about this, and that is LeBron James and him talking so openly about wanting to play with his son, Bronny, a.k.a. LeBron James Jr. And Bronny is, as of right now, he's a a junior in high school, uh, not a highly touted prospect. You know, right now they'd say he'd be a mid-round, second-round pick. So, you know, a, a fringe roster player, if you will. But what, what really interested me here, Shay, is that you know, he said, you know, I, my last year I'm playing with my son. That's my ultimate dream. I understand that. We saw Ken Griffey do it. We've seen Gordie Howe, Chelios, a few others. But I heard all week about, well, you know, LeBron, yes, and maybe you can get Bronny on a team. But Shay, what my biggest takeaway here is if you were Bronny, would you want LeBron to be on the team with you? Like, would you want that kind of pressure already? You already are full, you're, you're stocked with pressure already, but you know, the road trips, it's your experience. 
how would you feel in your position if your father was playing with you your first year as a professional? Probably wouldn't feel great. Um, I would be, I'd be intimidated at that factor. You know, it's your first year. Like you said, it's your rookie experience. If it was your second, maybe third year where you kind of got your feet underneath you, I think it'd be fine. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, old father time is going to take LeBron at some point. It, it has for everybody else. So I, I feel like, you know, he's seeing the window and he knows, okay, if this is his junior year, he's got a senior year, he's got at least one year in G League college. And then he, you know, proceeds to the NBA, gets drafted, which maybe he won't. Like, I, crazy to think about, but like, he might not get drafted. And then at that point, it's kind of like, he'll just end up getting signed by whatever team LeBron's on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think I, I would appreciate it too much, but at the same sense, I don't know. It, it, it's really up to LeBron's decision. It's kind of, it's been his league for nearly 20 years. So I think he's at the end of the day, he's got to make that final decision. Yeah. And it, it's tricky because you look at it and say, well, you know, is he going to be drafted? And if he doesn't, is he only going to be included on the team because LeBron's there? And yeah. I do think it gets tricky because are they going to play him? Is he a healthy scratch? Is he a DNP? You know, I, it's such a slippery slope. And if, if I'm a Oklahoma city, for instance, a team that is perpetually bad, I don't really, I mean, you could get LeBron to sell seats. I get that aspect, you know, to get people to mm -hmm. show up, yeah. but it's a pretty tough look. If you sign Bronny for a roster spot, he plays three to five minutes a game. LeBron retires and the next year. He's not on your roster. I mean, that that's, that's not helping your team in the long run. And it's kind of, I think your fan base wouldn't totally be behind that either. Yeah. Well, especially if you're about to, you know, draft him, say you maybe a team desperate enough will draft him in the first round, late first round. And then, you just may potentially wasted a first round pick for what one year of, you know, father and son hoops. I don't think it's the the greatest move in the world, but at the same time, like you said, it's going to sell tickets and it's going to be, it's going to be content. It's going to be content for a whole year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pictures of them sitting on the bench together, you know, all LeBron, you know, Bronny throws up a lob for, you know, 40 year old LeBron James. I'm not saying, I'm not even questioning LeBron's, you know, capabilities at that point, because the guy spends a million dollars on his body alone every year to keep it in shape. We see he's still playing in a high level this year. I think he'll still be fine in a few years. Um, so in that sense, he'll still have a, a quality player on his side. But yeah, I don't know. As far as Bronny goes, I mean, LeBron might retire and you might never see Bronny James in the league again, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to be the kid because that's a ton of pressure uh, to, to live up. I mean, he's never going to be as good as his dad. I mean, that, that's that. Ne how, how often does that happen? I mean, junior was not better than Griffey. Uh, none of Gordy Howe's sons were better. The Chelios children. I mean, thank God Wayne Gretzky's kids never play hockey because that is a, you know, that's a hell in a handbasket. Jordan's kids, I believe play baseball. So it, it's a lot to take in for sure. And he's talking about it now, three years away. It's such a long time. He's still got to play high school. He's still got to impress scouts. He's still, he's got to get college offers. I mean, his father 
never went to college. So I, yeah. I'm, I see Brawny as a, as a G League kid as of right now, unless the one and done rule is, uh, you know, sent to the woodshed by then, because I don't know if LeBron's going to want his son to go down the college rope because he never did it himself. That's, that's fair. I do think though, that if he wanted to, I think, and maybe, maybe you can call me out on this. I think some of the best schools would take them solely on the last name, mm-hmm. you know, ticket sales, all that. And now that you can make money uh, through the new, the, these new NIL. deals. And, yeah. Yeah. And in, in the, in college ball, it makes sense. If he wanted to go there, he could get it, get, you know, get the college experience and then, you know, dip into the NBA. If you wanted to, he probably won't be a dominant player. Who knows? Maybe he takes a big leap in this senior year and becomes, you know, at least a, a late first round, early second round prospect. Who knows? Right. But I think on his name alone, a lot of uh, schools are going to be at his doorstep saying, hey, can you know, come play here? You know, I, I know Coach K retires this year and I heard rumblings that he Duke is definitely not without reach for him. Yeah, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure they love him. I'm sure, like, uh, I think it'd be even a big, you know, we've seen it, we're seeing it in football. If he went to, a, you know, an HCBU, like an historically black college or university, if he went to a Howard or if he went and played at Jackson State, Grambling, you know, one of these programs, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility either, because I think that's something LeBron would absolutely support. And I think, you know, if you're going to play your college, maybe, that's that's a way for you to stand out from other from other players playing you know d1 basketball um but yeah i just found that interesting that that was really the whole all-star game conversation the whole weekend was you know basically the two stories i heard were lebron and his son and how bad the dunk contest was um did you see any of it can you comment on that because i know ob top and one but i i've heard it was pretty pathetic no, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, what was it like lack of creativity? What was, what was wrong? I think, I think the complaint now, Shay, is how many dunks they miss, you know, back in the day they did the trick, but it went in the hoop. Now they hit the top of the backboard and, and it, it goes out and they still get points for that, which hmm. uh, I don't know yeah, how not scoring points gets you points, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, I think a lot of like Obi Toppin, I think made one of three dunks. So mm. and he won. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just flat out embarrassing. Uh, the only no, the only event I really watched was the three point contest, which was you know entertaining to say the mm-hmm. least. Nice to see a, a, you know, the first ever big man to win it. I think. My yeah, I thought that was awesome too. I, I again, I was driving home from the from the Q game, and he pops up my phone that he I couldn't believe he won it. Like I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, I think that's great. And he's a great player. So I think that only helps the Timberwolves and his status around the league. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's nice. Nice to see the competition. And, uh, you know, they always do cool things where, you know, they're pushing uh, whether it's like a a further three pointer. You know what I mean? They do this thing now where it's like basically it almost looks like a four point line. You know what I mean? And you shoot one ball from there and that's worth more points. So they're they're getting creative with it. But uh, yeah, no, it's nice to see. And you know, he's called, he claims himself the best three-point shooting big man in the league, and I guess no one can take that away from him right now. Yeah, nobody would go up against him, so they can't really say they can't really say anything right now. Would you be would you be down with a four-point line? 
Oh, geez, we could do a whole podcast on, on that. Um, I think it's just like, I don't know, it's just, I think it's just like adding the three-point line. I'm sure there was a bunch of older, you know, guys and guys playing. It's like, oh, we can't add it. We can't add that. That doesn't make any sense. And, you know, here we are 100 years later, and they're still using the three-point line. I think it would be difficult, but uh, I think the game could have adjusted. I, I think the game could adjust to something like that, yes. Yeah, I think at first the product wouldn't be great because there's guys shooting threes now that have no business shooting threes, or at least how many <laughs> they do, how many they shoot. Like, and I think you see this in college too, where guys are just every shot's a three, and you're just like, okay, get your ass in the paint. But um, I, I think you know Steph Curry's the his brother, uh, the elite shooters of the game uh, wouldn't have a problem with it. I don't think they'd shoot a terrible percentage. I just think a lot of the league, it would be, you know, Ru Russell Westbrook type numbers from the four point line. And, you know, he's still shooting, uh, you know, you know, he would take that step back because he would have to attempt <laughs> a few, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm not against it either game. You know, the uh, sports evolve. Like I hear people say, well, they can't take the shift out of baseball. You can take the shift out of baseball for me because it would make the game a hell of a lot less boring. I'll tell you that uh, we won't get into the lockout today because that's, all that minutiae, but I mean, you can make changes to sports. It's not like you're asking a government to make a decision. It's your game. You can, you can change rules if you want. And I, uh, I think that's interesting. Um, we NBA's back tonight after the all-star break. Um, you're looking at the league right now, standings, teams maybe on the outside looking in, Who's a sneaky good team that you could see making some damage potentially down the stretch into the postseason? Yeah, I, I got two. So I'm going to let you pick on this one. I, I two, two evened up on my mind and okay. both are from different conferences. So uh, I'll let you pick a conference and I'll, I'll shoot that team out there. Okay. Let's start with the East. East. I have Cleveland. Uh, I know we talked briefly in the last podcast about them, but you know, you go out and get a guy like Karius Levert who, is a proven, you know, point getter. And if he meshes in well there and gets in that starting lineup pretty easily, I think they do some damage. This is one of the best defensive teams in the league by far. Um, you know, we, we don't have to reiterate what we said in the last pod, but the three, the three giants, they play every game. You got Darius Garland playing super well this year. Mm -hmm. You got veterans like love Rajo Rondo. Um, yeah. And, you know, kudos to them, Kobe Alvin, has just done a great job since arriving there in 2017 and yeah, drafted a team that's worth making the playoffs without uh, LeBron James leading the charge. So first, it'll be the first time if they make the playoffs since 2000 without LeBron. Imagine they could have made a move for him at the deadline. Oh, that'd be, that'd be interesting. I think he would, he'd love it because he knows he's not winning Jack. You know what in LA, yeah. uh, I mean, this team's really good already. Maybe he'll be there as soon as next year. I, I will keep that one in the archives, but I, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. Has he said, is he said he won't go back to Cleveland? No, he said he's open to it. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, I know he hates the owner more than, uh, you know, I hate uh, crooked. Uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, that, that, that leads into one thing I had noted down. Do you, could you ever see LeBron owning the Cavs after his career? he's got the uh -huh. money like he's, oh, he's, he's got the money yeah. with cash. i wouldn't rule it out 
I I worry about Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he is a colorful individual. Uh, he's very authoritative. He's very he's an owner that is not afraid to speak his mind. He's accused LeBron of of quitting in the past, which was a was a questionable decision. Ultimately, led to LeBron going to Miami. I don't know if he'd sell the team to LeBron, Shay, and that might. I mean, owners, it's about money, and but it's also about steam, about privilege. You're one of 30 owners, you know, you have that about you. I think LeBron will own a team, but I don't know if he'll be lucky enough for it to be Cleveland because Dan Gilbert stands in the way of him doing that. Noted. Yeah, I, I do think he'll own one, though. I, I think, and sometimes you look at the X, like Michael Jordan bought Charlotte. You tell me he wants to own Charlotte. Like that's not his top choice, I'm sure. Well, he's from uh, Carolina though, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that? Charlotte. Yeah, it's more it's more of a it's more of a North Carolina basketball uh racing car <laughs> uh, than it is uh, you know their best player for a decade was Kemba Walker, and he was told today by the New York Knicks, we're not playing you for the rest of the year. So uh and your boy Gordon Hayward on his on his one and a half leg. Um I like the Cavs. I think they're a tough out in the playoffs. Like we mentioned the last time we spoke, I wouldn't want to play them because they're young. They don't know any better and they're, they're going to play hard every game. Absolutely. Out West. Who's your sneaky team to watch? Sneaky team is Denver. Uh, I look at Denver and I think if you take Joker out of this situation, this is the worst team in the league, like <laughs> by a mile, like worse, worse than Detroit, you know, the Sacramento's, but He's been able to keep them afloat. I think good coaching has been a big part of that team with, uh, without Murray and Porter Jr. basically not playing for the rest of the year, it sounds like. Or they might be back before playoffs, but that's kind of still up in the air. Um, you know, it's a, you're like, who's, who's your second scoring option? It's Will Barton. Will who? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, good for them for being this far. They're a sneaky team. Will they go deep in the playoffs? Maybe not, but... I, I like what they've done this year. And, you know, if, if Joker gets his, uh, his best buddy Murray back, there's, there's no telling how far they could go. Yeah. And he's right there for MVP again. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah he, no I think doubt. him and him and, and Embiid are one, two again. I think it's crazy back I mean, Embiid, I think was second in MVP last year. You asked me. Uh, and for these guys to be as close as they are, they're currently a game and a half back at Dallas. I think they're be obviously they're better than Dallas when they're fully healthy. I don't even think it's that close. Uh, but Minnesota's behind them. I, I if they can get Jamal Murray back and they played Memphis in the first round, I think they could beat Memphis because Memphis is an inexperienced team. They've never been in this situation. I, I like Memphis a lot when they're healthy with um, Stephen Adams and you know Jaw obviously is a stud. Desmond Bain, they got a lot of good pieces. Mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of just about health for Denver and yeah, you kind of have to worry about their window because Jokic and Murray are young, but there's only so many years you're going to stay competitive when you, you have money to keep a good bench, to keep players without them departing for higher salaries. I agree. No, I, I absolutely like this is, this is it. And Murray's got to stay healthy. It's, it, it really comes down to that. Like he's an effective player every time he's on the court, but he's got to be on the court to play. So 
Yeah, no, no doubt in my mind. I, I want to make give you a shout out before you get on to your teams. You were the one who called uh, the, the Philly Brooklyn trade last time we were on this podcast. So I don't mm. probably not get any recognition, but I'm giving you some right now because uh, I appreciate that. Was, that was a good call. Yeah, you got some of the pieces going both ways. So uh, yeah, no, no, that was that was a great call by you. Yeah, um, and oddly enough, great transition. Um, this team at the beginning of the year would not be a sneaky good team because they had the uh, best odds to win the NBA title. So I look at Brooklyn and I don't know if they can win the title because it's such a quick turnaround, but there's a couple things breaking their way. Number one, they have Kevin Durant. Enough said. Two, COVID rules are, uh, they're dropping in New York. They're slowly, uh, your Kyrie Irving, your boy, is going to be able to play at home not just on the road. So obviously they, they need, this team needs games to figure each other out. They haven't had that. Durant's been hurt. Kyrie was hurt. Harden has done Harden type things the whole time they were together. So they haven't had time. Now Harden's gone. I, we talked with, I like Ben Simmons more in, in his role. I think he needs to play. He needs to go through the, the motions here. I think if, if he can figure it out, get those demons out of his head I like, and he's not going to, he's going to be the third option on the team, potentially fourth behind Patty Mills uh, of your Spurs. But um, I, I like, uh, I like this team. I think the East is really tough. Uh, I think it's, you know, like the NHL, I think the East is, is way more difficult in the NBA than it is uh, out West Milwaukee. I wouldn't want to play them. They're defending champions. They're still really good. Philly, uh, and beads playing at a high level. If Harden can drop a few and, and figure it out, they're, they're in good shape. You mentioned Cleveland again, they're, they're a solid team. You, mm -hmm. you go through it. There's not really any terrible teams in yeah, Chicago, yeah, Chicago Miami, good teams. You know, your Celtics are playing good basketball right now. So it's not going to be an easy trek to get to the final, but I do think Brooklyn has the most superstar slash star talent at a high level if they're all playing at the capability that they can. Yeah, and that's a scary that's a scary five. You've got Curry, Irving, Durant, Simmons, and Drummond probably as your centerman. And yeah. that that's an effective bet. And then you have an effective bench behind that. So yeah, no, no doubt they could do some damage if they learn to play together and they can all stay healthy, of course, because that's problem yeah. for them this year yeah they need they just need to play you know play to get like durant and irving i think have played like 12 games together since they were i mean that's crazy it was it's that yeah. few but um i i believe they have your celtics tonight so that should be a, a fun yeah, game i'll be tuning in for that one this that should be fun this evening out west out west is tougher because i uh i like your denver pick i'm over the team just slightly above them and I'm going to die on this horse because I liked them before the year and they always they'll lose in the first round. They always do. But I went with Utah. Um, I love my guy, Donovan Mitchell. They still got Rudy Gobert. You know, he's not going to shoot anything out of two feet, but he'll go to the paint. He'll defend. Um, Mike Conley, his health is key. He's seems to always get hurt when he gets to the playoffs. He's like Chris Paul uh, in that way. But Bogdanovich is a good player. They, they defend Jordan Clarkson might be the best bench player in the NBA. Uh, and, you know, I think, I don't think that's a stretch. If he's in the top three for me, he always creates an impact. So do I trust them to win? 
no, but I like their team and the West being a little lesser. If they played a Dallas in the first round, I'd feel comfortable with Utah winning that series. Yeah. Great, great, great series in the bubble. If you remember uh, yes. Utah and Denver, one of the best series I've ever, ever seen. So, um, and look how far Denver went that year. So if, if, if they could replicate something like that, I think no doubt a strong defensive team too. So, I mean, that's what you need to win or at least get far in the playoffs this year. Do you have any faith in the Lakers? Not none, no, no whatsoever. If they get to the play-ins, I, I'd be very, I, I'm betting against them 100%. Yeah. I think they'll choke. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's bad when you look and you say, okay, the Timberwolves are ahead of them. The Clippers are ahead of them. And the Clippers haven't had Paul George for almost two months and Kawhi hasn't played a snap all year. Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, and Marcus Morris senior is, you know, defeating and doing better than the Lake. It makes no sense. Okay. They're better. They're the better. Yeah. They're the better LA team, which like yeah. on paper just makes no sense. Yeah. You're, you're right. It's just, it's unfathomable. Like the, the season they've had and, you know, and you know what it reminds me a lot of, I keep thinking of like, I'm like, yeah, this, this is like nostalgia. It's like when they brought Dwight Howard and Steve Nash over for that last run with Kobe and they brought all, we got us all these stars and we're just going to, you know, we're, we're going to go so far. They were out in the first round. Yeah. None. And that's exactly what's going to happen to this team. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of faith in them either. LeBron can only do so much. He can only play so many minutes and he can't win games by himself anymore. He's still a great player, but he's getting up there in age. Your Celtics, sixth place in the East, you know, big jump. I think we talked about them. They they caught fire. Um, trust, one to ten, you have in your Celtics. What What's your number? To, to finish or to in the playoffs, I mean? Just, yeah, just they get there, the trust, you know, that they're going to – Oh, well. uh, I trust that they'll give any team a hard go. But to make it to a second round would be a stretch probably, if we're being realistic. Um, right. Yeah, I, I just don't think this is this is their year. I'd love to see an upset. I'd love to see them surprise, uh, you know, Brooklyn or, you know, a Miami. But I, I look at I, I think for them, play Chicago. Hopefully, yeah, that's their best matchup out of the mm -hmm. four best teams in the East. So if they can scrum up uh, enough to to land them in the uh, in a first round, I'd be I'd be happy. But even then, Chicago's uh, like like we mentioned earlier, they're a great team. Um, it's really just about Tatum and Brown, how they play both, on both ends, to be honest. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the whole team. So they need to, they need to pick it up. The Celtics were playing good basketball. They got the nets tonight and the first of a doubleheader on TNT. So we talk about your Celtics, your guys, let's pivot to the NHL where, whew, um, last little while your Toronto Maple Leafs have been on a bit of a skid. Uh, they are, they lost to the Montreal Canadians in the last little while. They lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, defense, goaltending, it's just big picture. What, what do you worry about the most? Uh, Tavares. Really? Okay. Yeah. Tavares always gets away with it in the media. He kind of goes under the gun. You got because the media seems to be all over Marner for some reason, or you know, Nylander's not doing this or that. But no one likes to touch, uh, you know, their favorite Ontario boy. So I, 
yeah, I'm going to call him out. He's played like shit, especially in this skid. Uh, it's just been a non-factor. And, you know, he's not the 200-foot player we saw uh, playing in the, the blue and orange over in New York. So, yeah, and if that line doesn't, you know, if that line doesn't generate anything, the Nylander, uh, Nylander Kerfoot, Tavares line, then it's, you know, it's, it's a very dry game and, you know, it, yeah, it's, it, it's part of it. And goaltending has not been what it has been at the first half of the season. I mean, that's just evident. Um, I, I think we got some Besmal like goaltending the first 40 games and now it's started to drop off since January 1st. So um, I'm not sure what's going on. I know decor will get into that uh, in, in a second, but like that probably plays a large factor in how Campbell's taking too many shots. Yeah, um, I'm totally with you on the Tavares front. I've never, you know, people say Toronto media is the toughest. I disagree. I think Montreal, you got two languages there. Uh, the fans are rabid. You know, Lee, you're a Lee fan. You've seen them fail. You've seen them blow leads. You still come back. Montreal fans will leave. They'll throw stuff. Like Toronto fans are extremely loyal. So I don't think they're actually that bad of a fan base because they don't get that angry. They get over it. You know, it's kind of, you know, we love you guys. To it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I, but Tavares, to me, it seems every year, and he, he's not like he's having a bad year points-wise, but I think that can be a little deceiving. Um, he just, it seems every year to me, Shay, he seems like he's losing a step, and he's mm -hmm. losing more, and he's losing more. And by osmosis, William Nylander, takes a brunt of it because he's playing with Tavares. But Tavares for this team, if they're going to go on a deep run, if they're going to beat the likes of Tampa, the likes of Florida, he needs to be an impact player. He needs to be in a seven-game series, a guy that has three to four goals, you know, five to seven points in my opinion. And he can't just, well, he played really good defensively tonight. No, you can't. Like, that can be David Comp who gets no points in a series, but is on a strong third line and goes up against the opposing team's best line and keeps them to a low roar. He has to be an impact player. He makes $11 million. And yes, he's in his early 30s, but you knew he was going to be in his early 30s when you signed him. So I, I find it very funny that you mentioned Marner, you mentioned Nylander. Kyle Dubas takes a lot of heat in, in the Toronto market. And Maybe it's because Dubas signed Tavares, but you never hear that correlation. You hear the Marner contract, you hear Matthews, where Tavares is the worst contract on the roster, and I don't even think it's that close, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. He, he does, like, for Tavares, he'll go on skids where yes. he looks really good. You know, he, he's in the plays, he's down low, he's making great passes. And then there's just games where he's lifeless. And, you know, you've seen it, you've seen it Montreal. I mean, that whole, the whole team was lifeless, but him in particular was just mm -hmm. not good. And, you know, that's, that's the main thing. Like what, so going into the playoffs, are you going to get on a skid where you're playing like shit and we lose again? No. And, and you made the Tampa Bay comparison. He's playing, he's going up against the Stamkos line and is he going to be able to handle, you know, uh, whatever it is, 15, 20 minutes a night playing against name and samples, probably not at this rate. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I look, I watched that Tampa game against Edmonton last night and that's a tough line. Like Killarn cool. is still a really, really good player. You got Stamkos. Sorelli is a, I like him a lot. I, I, I he's an underrated player and I, he's only, he's only getting better year over year. He's, he's my boy, 
But, uh, you know, I – Corey Perry. Corey Perry's going to have 20 goals this year, which is I know. just mind-boggling. Matt Maroon might get close to 22. Yeah, yeah. That line, the Belmar Maroon from Perry line might be the best fourth line in sports right now. Yeah, it's, it's – I love that line. Uh, and Corey Perry scoring goals where he doesn't even you – know, barely hits his shin. Like, I love those two. <laughs> it's so Corey Perry. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a tough matchup. You look at Florida – you know, you could say, well, Carter Verhege doesn't scare me. Well, Carter Verhege scores they Florida just scores goals. They they score a ton of goals. They, they don't they have zero problem scoring. And would Tavares get better opportunities against a Florida? Potentially. But you know, I think he's also going to be under a lot of pressure when it comes to defensive position when, when things like that happen. Um so for him, is it more important for him to play better in the last, say, 30? I think they got 31 games left or 30 games left uh, around there. In the last 30-odd games, is it more important for him to play at the best he can play, or would it be more important for Kyle Dubas to upgrade the defense? If you had to have one. I would say upgrade the defense. I think the decor is that bad. I think I think it's maybe not alarm time yet, but yeah, and a lot of it's trend from Muzzin. He's been put on the uh, LTIR. Mm-hmm. I think you got to wait till he is fully healthy. If it takes the rest of the year, God, just give him the rest of the year. And in mm-hmm. in the meantime, maybe you get uh, maybe you pull a Tampa and you get another guy and you you can run the two of them in the playoffs. But yeah, uh, I, I think the defense, because if you have no def- if you have no decor, I mean, it's the teams like Florida and Tampa are just going to run right over you. Like, it doesn't matter how many points you get, they're going to get more. Yeah, I, I like Sandine. I said this the other day, but he can't be your fourth defenseman. He can't play no, 20 ready. minutes a night. He's not ready for that yet. Um, and I think Sandine, Hall, Dermott, Lilligren, they're all fifth, sixth defensemen. You can't have four of your six be fifth, sixth defensemen. And right. Muzzin's been playing like a fifth, sixth defenseman before, you know, even before the concussions, he wasn't playing good either. So you have really two guys that are having pretty good, you know, Riley statistically is having a good season. Brody, you never notice. And that's a, that's a defenseman I love. He just makes the right pass, gets a puck out of the zone, drinks some Gatorade, get on the bench. Yeah, that, that's his game. Um, I have a little bit of a pitch for you. Okay. And I don't know if you listened to the podcast the other day, but I have a, I have an idea for your Leafs. It's a little bit outside the box. I don't think it'll happen, but I want you to hear my pitch. Okay. So this was before Muzzin was put on LTIR with, with cap, but just take cap. It's think, thinking that he's still going to play say this regular season. Just think of this. So Toronto's loves their forward group, Marner, Nylander, Matthews, Tavares. We know it all. They're not going to trade Austin Matthews, obviously. They're not going to trade Mitch Marner, obviously. Um, Tavares has a full no move. He, they might want to trade him, but they can't. Um, so that leaves my guy, Bill Nylander. And my thought is, well, you've invested in all these forwards. They haven't won. And you got Jake Muzzin a few years back, but your defense has always just been blasé, if you will. Just, just okay. And you want to acquire a defenseman that can play top four minutes. And maybe it's a guy that isn't having a great season, 
but has term. That's something your Toronto Maple Leafs love to do, acquire guys with term left on their deals, which is smart. So I'm looking through teams that aren't very good this season, that you might want to part with, that need a fresh start. And I say, well, you're going to need a big carrot to trade because you need to fit it in your salary structure. You know, Bill Nylander makes almost $7 million, right around there. So can you match up salaries with somebody? And where I came to, Shay, is my thing is you trade Bill Nylander, you might need to trade a little something, a sweetener with it, for Ivan Provorov. And Provorov can play top four minutes. He's not having a great season, but he's also in Philly. And he's got three years left on his contract. He makes 6.675. So you have him under contract long-term. He is a top four defenseman. It's locked in. They went one pick apart in their draft class, oddly enough. And um, I think it's a shakeup. I don't think it ruins your team because if you were relying on, if Tavares needs Bill Nylander to win a cup, you have bigger problems from the begin with. So what do you think of my proposal? Am I, am I dubious in this situation? Do I get to play Kyle? Sure, yeah, play Kyle. We'll do a role okay. play. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm Kyle. I, I like it, uh, but I don't know if I could deal with uh, – if it was are – are we talking straight up or do you, are, you, are you saying – We can do straight up. With... Yeah, I, I think Philly would want – I think Philly would want Nylander because he's got three years left on his deal. So you're, you're getting term for term – Philly needs scoring because Drew is likely gone. Voracek is departed. Maybe they trade Konechny. Again, they're going through a rebuild. You'd like to, like to have somebody that can at least score goals while you're going through this transition. Yeah, I I would do that. Does that mean Muzzin stays on the team? Correct. So it's Muzzin, Riley, and then Provorov is your kind of top three. Brody. Yep. Yeah. I would do something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at this point, if if are you talking about this season or the next? Yeah, I'm talking before the postseason. It'd be tough to sell, but it, it it would be interesting for sure. But here's my theory: I don't I don't think Tavares at this point can carry a line. I think Nylander drives that mm-hmm. line, which is why I would probably be worried enough not to take that deal. So, instead, in saying that, would you put Muzzin and LTIR? Say you got a concussion, we'll give you another concussion if you will, uh, Kucherov style, if, if you're able to come back before and go out and acquire 2D with that 5 million instead of get, you know, one for, for Provorov? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have a name down here, and I wanted to see your opinion. Uh, Damian Severson from New Jersey. Uh, a year this year and year next. Yeah. Oh, what did I say? Yeah, you said, yeah, you said New Jersey. My Devils, yeah. Oh, oh, oh your Devils, yeah. I watch so, a lot of Devils hockey, so, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's <laughs> concerning. Um, but no, he's he's got a year on this year and next year. He comes in mm-hmm. probably a, a little under five million, maybe a little over, but 27 points in 48 games. Is he a guy you could see help this team win a cup? Um yeah. You, I, since you've watched a lot of New Jersey games, yeah, you know this uh, um I the one problem I have with him is he's he's pretty terrible defensively. Uh, that's my one concern with him is he's his um situational awareness is is not great i think he's got good offensive instincts um but on toronto how many offensive looks is he gonna get you know he's got riley 
who's going to play the top power play. The second unit barely gets on the ice because you know, the first one's out there for a minute and a half, like, like most teams. So, mm-hmm. but he does have a good shot, which I think that would help Toronto. They, they've been lacking a defenseman that has, you know, Riley's got a great wrister, but a great slap shot. You know, they don't really have that on the roster. Bro. That would help a lot. Um, but I, I, I don't, it would fit in because then you could still fit in a guy that makes one five, yeah. if you will. Uh, maybe sure. a Justin Braun from Philly, if, if you wanted to get him at the bottom of your roster as well. Yeah, no, just, just, just a name I, I thought up there. Like if, if you were to get Muzzin on the LTIR for the rest of the year and add another guy, Josh Manson's another name. If Anaheim decides to tank, He's a more defensive type player, and I think he'd probably fit in a little better uh, as as a role player for this team. Um, what? But a guy they did acquire, we we haven't even mentioned yet, Ilya Labushkin. Yeah, saying that right? Yeah. No, that's what, what are your thoughts on this deal? Is it is it win for Arizona, win for Toronto, lose for both? Um, I think it's a win for Toronto because they get rid of Richie. He wasn't going to play, mm-hmm. so you might as I well agree. bring him. Losing to Zingle, that's hit or miss. Uh, you know, he's fringe NHL. He'll go to San Jose, play meaningless minutes. That's what he's doing in Arizona. Uh, and Toronto needed a defenseman, and he's a NHL defenseman. So he, there's no, well, is he, you know, he's going to play. I think he'll play in the playoffs. So I don't think it's a, well, we got a Dermot, we got a question mark. I think Labushkin is a guy, I'd equate him to a less physical Radko Gudis but a guy that will bring nothing offensively to the table, mm. nothing. Uh, but he's got a good stick. He's physical. He's, you know, an old school defenseman, chip it off the glass, you know, just bare, bare minimum type plays. Just, But he's a smart player. He's not going to be manhandled off the puck. Toronto's got a smaller defense core. Oh, yeah. So I think that that helps to have a little size back there as well. I know you'll love to see a checker uh, actually get added to this roster. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy games more. Um, no, I, you know, I, I, on, on a championship winning team, I think Labushkin's your five, six option mm-hmm. in my opinion. So it's a bandaid on a, maybe a, a more concerning problem, but uh, it'll be interesting to see you, you got almost four weeks left till we, to the trade deadline. Does he go out and get another uh, blue liner? It'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I hope he does as a fan. Yeah, I don't, you know, I've heard forever, well, it's John Klingberg. I, that, they're not going to do that match. because it's going to, it's going to take a lot and he's a UFA. You're not going to be able to resign him. So it makes no sense for Toronto right now. Um, even though that would be going all in, if you will. I do think they'd have to, I think that's tricky because I think they'd have to trade the Nylander if they did that because, and maybe Dallas doesn't move him. I mean, Dallas is getting close to being in a playoff spot. All of a Pretty sudden, thin, Jake yeah. Ottinger is the the new goalie down there. He's found it. Um, but Dallas is an interesting spot, uh, Shay, because I, I'm, I've watched them quite a bit lately. I like their team. Jamie Ben's playing a lot better as of late. He's engaged physically. He's pissed off on the ice. That's when Jamie Ben's plays his best. They still have little Joe Pavelski. They have the better Robertson and Jason. Uh, they got you know, Rupe Hintz has been playing. I it's going to be interesting to see what they do because Pavelski's a UFA. You got Jamie Ben that could be moved. Obviously, Johnny Klingberg, Braden Holtby. So this team has a lot of decisions to make, and they've really caught a heater here as we had you know less than a month to the uh, trade deadline. 
Yeah, you really, you really do just have a couple of weeks to give your team the, the are we going to make it? Or are we not going to make it? And that's a tough central division. That's not, yes. not that's not a division you could walk in like the Pacific. Maybe uh, you really got to fight for every single point that you're going to be they're going to be getting. Yeah, they play Nashville tonight. So big, big game there. They're four points back with a game in hand. So at the end of tonight, you win in regulation. You're two points back with a game in hand. And, you know, Winnipeg is still in it, but they, they've been disappointing all year. I'll be interested to see what they do. Yeah. But, yeah, um, uh, pivoting back to Lee's quickly, um, what about uh, – are you worried about Jack Campbell? Performance wise, I, I think he'll be fine. I, I think he's just going to be a shell of the player he was, uh, say, a few months ago. But I, I'm not worried that he's going to fall off the face of the earth. Uh, as long as his health or his health is good, then they'll be fine. Um, you know, Morazic's hopefully being replaced by Carter Hutton. I don't know if that's official yet, but that'll 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 put a smile to my uh, to my rosy cheeks if, if that happens. Well, Morazic's starting tonight. Is he? Yeah. Why? Uh, I think they're just kind of going back and forth. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that a lot down the stretch because Campbell's already made more starts this year than he ever has in his NHL right. career. Yes, so. that's fair to overplay him. It might tire him out before the playoffs. So I, under, I understand the move, but putting Mirazik in that is basically like putting me and you in that. It's just not going to work. This guy was awful. Yeah, but Carter Hutton's not a great option either. No, I know. I just to try anything else, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you might as well try it because what you got right now is just not working. Right. Um, Vancouver, should oh. they trade JT Miller? Um, if you can't commit him at this point, yeah, you, you should probably get rid of him because they got he's got another year on his deal. Oh, he's got next year as well. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's having a great season. Yeah. Well, he's having the best season of his career. I just, uh, that'd, be, that'd be tough if you thought you could make the playoffs next year, but you have, have to have a lot of faith in your team that <laughs> all the Reckman Larson trade has looked bonkers. Um, no, I, I say don't trade him. I, I've got faith in the, in, in the Canucks. Yeah. Casey's team. It's tough because, uh, they're, they're not going to get more for him than they would right now. Uh, you know, cause I, he's, to me, he's more valuable than just about anybody on the, on the trade bait list. Like if I, that, if I pulled up that list, I want JT, I'll pull it up right now, the TSN trade bait list. But I, to me, if I'm the New York Rangers and I know they had him, so this is odd. I'd be making calls on JT Miller because mm -hmm. I think the Rangers are a really good team. They're similar to Toronto where they don't have a whole lot of playoff success, but they're right there. They got a good goalie. They got good young players. I feel like they, they likely think we can go on a run here, but I think they need another top six forward. Like I pull this up, Chikrin, I'd rather have JT Miller. Just personally, I think he, you know, Ben Trott, love him, but I get Claude Giroux, move over. Hurdle, I, I do like, but you know, Giordano, Braun, Gorgiev, you know, I, I, I think he's far more valuable. It's just he's 27 on the trade bait list. So that would almost tell you that they don't believe that he'll be moved come trade deadline. Time. It, it would be a catastrophic move for any team to go and get. I know that you and I believe Casey talked about having uh, Minnesota needing uh, yeah. that, that extra center. He, 
he'd fit in there. I think he still got the competitive edge to, to match that team. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, if he does get moved, I think whatever team gets him as a strong chance at being the Stanley cup champions. Yeah. Just to put it plainly. It's a team that's, you know, elite, elite team. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota's right there that I will, we'll discuss rankings in probably two seconds, but they're good. They're right up there with me. Edmonton Oilers. Um, <laughs> Are we going to mention this team? Yeah, I like last night I watched the game and they probably should have won it. I thought they played pretty well, honestly. But um, that goaltending situation, uh, like that Braden Point goal can't go in. The Steven Stamp, it was a great shot by Stamkos, but it's the end of the period. The guy's falling back, like just hug the post and it, it goes in. I, I look at these two and I'm like, they're great players, but if it's 88 in the net, he's making that save because he's a stud. But um, I think the Oilers are still a very flawed team. You know, you heard I heard this week, well, Jay Woodcroft's got the, they're finally playing their potential. Okay. Um, but, you know, they played Minnesota and Edmonton, two really good teams. They lose both games. That doesn't get lost on me. But Edmonton, my big dilemma, Shay, is, are they good enough to win a cup even with a great goalie? Like, you always hear Marc-Andre Fleury's name floated. All I know about Fleury recently is he fades in the playoffs. He seems to get tired. The He always gets replaced. And obviously, you're not going to win one with the goaltend you have. But is, is Edmonton almost under immense pressure to make a goaltending move because you fear Dreisaitl and McDavid being unhappy in their current situation? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think you got to do, even if it's not flower, I think you bring somebody in, uh, somebody that's better than the two guys you have now, because it, it just makes you look like you're addressing a problem that is just, just so clear to everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's not much more you can do than score goals and they can't stop pucks. That's, you know, that's, that's just it to put it, to put it blank. Like, I don't know who the solution is. There's a few goalies out there that, you know, may be able to help, but uh, would I don't know. Would Braden excite you if you're an Oilers fan? No, 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 not, no, not, not me anyways. I, I know he's played better hockey this year than he did last in Vancouver, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, what's a name that you would be like, okay, this guy, this guy could get it done for it. Yeah. Like it's all you hear is flower. You hear Holpe. That wouldn't, like that wouldn't jack me up. Hudobin wouldn't get me excited. The guy's playing in the American. A league. risk, a risk, a risk that you could do would be Gorgiev, who I think New York Rangers are trying to get rid of. And yeah, he would excite yeah. me more than than any of the three I just named, and he's yeah. not proven whatsoever. But I, I mean, Holby is a Stanley Cup champion. You can't take that away from him. But True. since he left Washington, even his last couple of years in Washington, he has not been the same goaltender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's 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 aged pretty poorly. I mean, he's still. To me, he's a backup goaltender, which yeah. I think he was most of this year. But yeah, I mean, what was that guy going to, if you're talking about backup goaltenders, well, I think Gorgie has more potential at this very point than Braden Holpe does at yes. the same, at the same standing point. Yeah. And I wonder what New York would want, you know, because if I'm trading Georgiev, he's your backup goalie. I don't want a draft pick. What's a draft pick do for me? That doesn't help me right now. Like I, they might. New York, I don't trade him. I hold on to him because what if Shesterkin blows out his knee? 
at least you got a fighting chance. This isn't like you're turning to, this isn't uh, Colorado where you got Michael Hutchinson in the net. You know, you, Georgiev is an NHL goaltender. At least you can throw that to your players and it's not doom and gloom where, you know, you have a guy that has no experience and is not a, a competent goaltender in the net. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what Emmett can do to, to, to kind of fix that. But even then, I don't think their decor is uh, is strong enough uh, for nurses just to drop off. Uh, There's also maybe Mrazek. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I would love to see it because I'd love to get that contract off my books. But uh, as even as an Edmonton appreciation fan, that's just that's just bad business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Best team in the Western Conference right now? Abs, no doubt. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Why? They just have the best offense in the league, uh, besides maybe like a Florida, Tampa. But, yeah, they, they just run on full cylinders. And to be honest, it's like – it's been like that, and McKinnon's not always been in the lineup. So you're like, well, if he mm-hmm. was put – he put in the lineup every night, well, what can this team really do? Like they're just going to catch heat. And, you know, they went on that hot streak, uh, I think, January. You know, if, if that continues, I think they'll be there. And they're, like we talked about earlier, they're in the toughest division. The Central is just a dogfight. It seems like every night teams just go up and down. So if, if they're good there, I mean, you know, what, what would their – if they were in the Pacific, what would they look like right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd be – they'd be even uh, – they'd be 20 points up, I, yeah. I think. Um yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado as well, but I, I watched the game against Boston on Monday, yeah. and I got I saw some concerning things in that game. I saw Boston, a heavier team, big defense, and they really struggled with – that was it was 5-1, not even close, but Colorado was turning the puck over, and it's a one-game sample size. But I did look at it, and I said, you know, we saw them play Vegas last year. The heavier-type team gave them problems. Colorado is a smaller defense score. Uh, that's not something I, I mean, I look at them. I think they got a couple things they should try to address at the trade deadline. I wouldn't worry about goaltending. I like Darcy Kemper. I think he's a good goalie. We just talked about what's out there. If you can get a Holtby and he's sitting there as your backup, maybe as the third goaltender. Okay. But I would look at a defense, you know, a guy in the back end. Um, Sammy Gerard played in the queue. I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, but I saw him in the playoffs last year. He gets manhandled. McCarr isn't a big player. Byram is a finesse type player. Jack Johnson, yeah. uh, Eric Johnson, you got a last name Johnson, you play defense. I don't really like you. Uh, so I want another stable guy in the back end to, to make that team truly legit. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said this for the last few weeks, Juggy. for what Gerard makes, you're going to get the same production in a couple of years, you know, knock on wood as long as he's this concussion stop. Byron's going to do the same thing offensively yes. as Gerard's going to do. So move his contract now have, so while Byron's still on his uh, entry level deal, mm-hmm. and then you can get a big guy in there. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's think of a couple guys that. I think Sherrod would be great million. in Colorado. Yeah. He, he, he fills that role that, that need for a defensive defenseman. Absolutely. Um, Colin Miller, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, same thing. I'm trying to think big, but with you know, with a reasonable salary. What if they went out and got Jake, Jacob Chichurkin? Is is he too offense? Yeah, um, yeah, he is. But maybe you could 
maybe you could box him in uh, a little bit, um, depending on who he's playing with. Uh, you know, right. I think that would be the big question because Devontae's and Makar, I'm, I'm not breaking that up. I think you got no. a great pair there. Do you play him with a with a Byram if he's healthy? I think that would be the big decision. If, I think if Byram's not there, they'd likely play him with Gerard, uh, unless unless Gerard's in the deal, which he could be. Um, but, you know, Chikrin would be interesting because I think if I'm Arizona, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, obviously you want to first, they'll go through the draft picks. I also want Alex Newhook, who's a young player who's already showing signs. I, I, to me, it's non-negotiable. I want Alex Newhook and the deal he's coming with me if I'm trading Chikrin. Okay. Okay. I like it. What about, uh, Aristolainen? Is that, is that, yeah, he, is that he, interesting? He's an interesting one. Uh, he, he's more of that defensive guy. Um, I'm sure he's got a big ticket. That's the only thing with him. Uh, he's got a lot of years left. And they Crystal got a, is a free agent after this year. Oh, uh, no, I thought, I thought he signed a, an extension. Maybe he re-upped with Philly. I, did, I don't know. Yeah, he did. That's he, he, I look up his deal. But he'd be interesting uh, because it'd be a rental, which I like. Uh, but – he, he's a big, he's big. He's got that. Um, he's got no playoff experience is the problem. No, that's Buffalo true. Yeah. All those years. Yeah. Buffalo, um, anything there. Um, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's interesting to play GM, but obviously I, I do agree with you uh, at the, at the core of our question and that's just helping out their defensemen um, and getting that, you know, that steady Eddie, even if it's, even if it's like a Zach Bogosian type player, a guy with, you know, who's a veteran, got experience and, you know, he doesn't do much, but he's at least going to be able to move the puck half decent and mm -hmm. kill penalties, which uh, right now they don't have a bunch of guys who can kill penalties. No, no. Yeah. That, that's something you look at. McCarr can play a time, but you don't want him to play. You don't want him to be Thomas Shabbat where he has no. to play 30 minutes because he's, you know, put in that corner. Um, I thought we would rank, so if you look at the Eastern Conference in the in the NHL, it's really quite obvious already who's going to make the playoffs. It's not, yeah. you know, Columbus is not, I don't see them coming back. Detroit, you know, they're actually having a good year for despite being 10 points out of a playoff spot. Moritz Sider, my guy, just continues to get better. Lucas Raymond, you know, the young guys are getting minutes. That's what they're trying to do in Detroit. But I think you look at the eight teams, you know who's going to make the playoffs. I thought we could rank the eight best teams in the East. And I thought that'd be a fun little exercise to go through. So um, why don't we do a little different? We'll go eight to one, but you can go eight, then I'll go eight. We'll compare on the fly. Yeah. Another guy I thought of in that Colorado thing, Nick Letty from Detroit. He's I like that one. I like Letty a lot. He's got playoff cool. experience. Yeah. Got the cop under his belt. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. Or Z. Yeah, Z would be a good one too. Even as a third pairing guy, he, he'd yep. be interesting. Um, yeah, so sorry to go off the question. Number eight is Boston for me. Uh, they just can't score this year. If They've got three guys, Taylor Helm, and then after that it drops. They just have nobody. Um, my professional opinion, that's not very professional. Go pick up a Mike Hoffman. Go pick up a score or something to give you a little bit of depth below because you need somebody to, to generate goals. Yeah, uh, I have Boston low as well. I, I do have Washington eight, however. Um, okay, and that makes sense. They're close. I see them very similar. I don't love the, their goaltending. Samsonov, I don't trust him or Vanacek. Um, I love Ovi. He's playing some great hockey, but Backstrom has been hurt all year. 
Um, you look like Kuznetsov's. I don't, I don't trust him. Uh, he could be <laughs> like doing him. extracurricular activities. You never know what he's going to be up to. Um, Oshie's been injured a lot this season. Again, their back end is always something I worry about. And just, just their depth. You know, this is a team that's been through a lot. They've been in the playoffs for a decade plus. They've been through a lot of wars. They're an older team. And I just worry about those parts, like Boston, like you just said, not being able to to keep going after years and years of uh, physical abuse. Yeah, the Caps are number seven for me. So we weren't far off on that front. Um, you know, no Mantha this year, just just strange. Goaltending's an issue. What if they got Flower? Is that gonna is that gonna fix something, or is that just basically running in place? I think it would help. I think it would depend who they drew. You know. If they finish, say, eighth, so they get the top team in the East, let's just say it's Florida. They're not beating Florida. Even with Flower, I don't see them. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't see them. Um, if they could sneak in, say they surpass New York or they Pittsburgh down the stretch, I give them a fighting chance against the Rangers because they have no playoff experience. Maybe Flower is a great series. But I think it depends who they would draw in the in the playoffs when it comes to you know them winning. Pence fans just rolling in their graves thinking about Flower in a in a Washington jersey. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be. I mean, it, we almost saw a Lundqvist in a Washington jersey too. That would have been strange. Yeah, um, yeah, so it wasn't meant to be. They like the retreads. Um, I have Boston seven, so not far off from you. Again, Swayman, Allmark, both have no playoff experience so a lot of um, hugs though they hug each other every game they do love hugging so that that's good i guess uh team camaraderie um but uh yeah hall i mean charlie coyle is your second line center i don't trust him uh you know he's never been great in boston i i like i think mcavoy's having i think he plays really well uh he makes a lot of money but he plays physically plays i like carlo on the back end but I, I just worry about their goaltending and their forwards being able to keep up with high, high scoring teams. Cause quite frankly, I don't think Boston is going to pass Toronto. I don't think they're going to pass Tampa. I don't think they're going to pass Florida. So that means they're going to be one of the two wildcard teams. And in my opinion, that would mean they'll play my prediction, Florida or Carolina. I don't see them beating either of those two teams. No, no, no. I, I completely agree. Um, who would have thought, just a little comment, who would have thought the signings this year for Boston would look uh, atrocious when the signings for Toronto mm. would look good? Just right. Put, yeah, put that out there for it's been a disaster for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hall hasn't been anything no, great either. Yeah. They they went they went a different route. They spent a lot more money than Toronto, and the, and the, the production hasn't even been close. So good on Dubas. Um, who do you have at six? Dubas. <laughs> you got the leaves? I have my leaves. Wow. Yeah. It's hard. I have them and the team above them, Nick and Ack to me, but uh, uh, yeah, just uh, where I, where I like them right now is, is that, and that's maybe just me being, I guess, pessimistic on my own team, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, they had a great first half and now you're starting to see the effects of it. And uh, without Muzzin in the second half, it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult stretch. Yeah, um, that's fair. I what's what's it difficult about this list is these teams all have goaltenders that have literally no playoff experience or their playoff experience has been terrible. Um, 
And this, I have Pittsburgh six. And, you know, they obviously have guys that have lined cups up front, Chris Letang in the back end. I like Dumoulin. But they've lost in the first rounds for three straight years, four straight years now. And I don't trust Jari in the big moments. I, I, um, I just look at the team and I, I, I don't trust them. I don't think they're, again, I, if depends who they draw, but if they get a, you know, in this, in the uh, metropolitan, I think the Rangers will give them a run. I think that'll be a fun series, but I like the Rangers a little bit more. Uh, Carolina, non-negotiable you're out um and so i think it depends how pittsburgh plays down the stretch here because i think you'd rather play the rangers than obviously draw the wild card route or you have to play carolina and or the atlantic division champ yeah i mean to me they just have a ton of experience and mm -hmm. it, it it would be difficult to see them beating one of these top three teams I, i'm sure we have the same three um, but I'm not ruling it out to be honest, because it, just because of that X factor. And I don't know. I just feel like they've been deeper and, than they have been in the last few years. Um, mm -hmm. They did make it to the second round of 2018, not to correct you, but just putting that out there. Um, well, they lost. They did lose. Yeah, they did lose. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I have been higher, higher than the game winner. <laughs> Um, I have, uh, I have the pins a little higher than maybe that you would have thought, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I like their team. I think if they're healthy, Gino's came back and played pretty well for, uh, being out for most of the year and yeah, they're, they're deep and, uh, goaltending has been strong for them. So hope they do well. Yeah. Um, who do you have fifth? I have the Rangers. Yeah. They're, they're my neck and neck with the Leafs. Um, I like the Rangers just a little bit more because of basically the back end. Uh, deep you got fox back there who's, uh, the name fox is just you know rung up for millions and uh who i mean whoever kevin Allen miller jacob truba you know he's not great offensively but say what you want he can still provide great pk minutes and he'll he'll put in 20 20 plus a night um uh, your boy right Lilligren. yeah what's that for yeah, Lindgren's a good defenseman too. He's a, he's a top four defenseman now, and he's kind of quietly made a role for himself on that team. So their decor is better, um, and yeah, they just they just roll. Yeah, Panarin's just so fun to watch uh, mm -hmm. as 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 a highly skilled player. It's hard to believe this guy uh, took so long to get to the NHL. Yeah, um, those Russian contracts they're hard to get they're hard to get out of. Ask Kaprizov. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you're stuck in SKA St. Petersburg for a while, but I also have the Rangers fifth. Um, I like their team a lot. I like their goalie again, limited playoff experience, but if there's a goalie that's going to catch fire, I wouldn't rule out him because he's just a superstar. Uh, and to think you go from Mike Richter to Lundquist to Shesterkin for like a 30 year period, that's pretty crazy. You know, that would be like uh, the Green Bay Packers getting Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and then Jordan Love being something. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, that it's rare that you get goaltending this good. Like you said, I like their back end. I think they're a tough team to play against. That fourth line, it's not pretty, but the playoffs are going to be – they're Revo Cop and Rooney, Greg McKegg. They're, they're heavy. They're physical. They're Gerard Gallant. You know, it was wet dream, if you will, uh, the way they play. So, um, yeah, I like I like the Rangers a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so before you have Pittsburgh, I'm guessing? 
Four is the Pens. Yeah, yeah. I think Tanger's having a great year. Uh, Sid's done his thing. And Kensel has just been phenomenal all season long as a, yeah. as a goal scorer and as an offensive guru. I think, yeah, this guy doesn't get enough credit for being a top-line winger because uh, he's, he's excellent in every, every part of his offensive game. And, yeah, I mean, they've got guys like Evan Rodriguez just popped up, have a good year. Kapanen's mm-hmm. just been steady, which is all they expect, but that's, that's all you need. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't love the Mike Matheson deal uh, for Hornquist, but Matheson's, yeah, he is what he is. He's, he's, yeah. he's going to play top four minutes now, and that's, that's kind of all you have to expect from him. Yeah, um, I have I have your least fourth, uh, which uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I was gonna have them in the top three, but I had them higher than you. So, um, I like their their front line guys. You know, Matthews, Marner, Bill Nylander, my my guy. Some people say he looks like me, um, which I take as a compliment. Um, Maybe he should as well. I don't know. Maybe it's more about me than it's him. I, I think it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll take that. Um, again, we've been through what I got concerned about, but they can score. We know that. Uh, Kerfoot played well in the play. I think they got better depth players than they did last year. So Rangers and Toronto are very close to me. Pittsburgh's is something about my don't trust, but Toronto, the top three teams are above and beyond better than the other five to me it's not that close there's a very big bridge between even three and four yeah no I, I, absolutely and you know what of all what of all three of these teams holds is a stud defenseman solid mm-hmm. goaltending and depth and that's yeah. just kind of what it comes down to um I, i'm interested to see who you have three yeah I, i'll go first i have florida uh and wow okay yeah. okay even though I think I like Florida it. is the best team in the NHL, and I, I I love the team, they have they don't have any playoff success. They're like Toronto. They're like the Rangers. So they still have to prove it. Huberto, Barkoff, they're great, like Matthews and Marner are. Bobrovsky, I think, is better than Jack Campbell. But they're a similar age, and Bobrovsky's won one playoff round his entire career. That's it. So he's got a lot to prove. I, I like, you know, I – I've heard comparisons about, well, Florida's decor isn't that good when I hear people on Toronto radio try to say, oh, it's just as good. Well, Aaron Ekblad is a Norris Trophy finalist, if not, if he doesn't win it, in my opinion. I, I like Gudis. I, I, he's not flashy. Montour makes mistakes. He's going to make you lose some hair, but he's also going to make some plays where you're like, holy crap, that was a really great play. Uh, Uyghur, I, I like, I, so I think they're very, very good. I think they're deep as hell, but I can't put them above the other two. So I, I love them a lot, but I can't put them above the other two. Yeah, it, I think my, my answer will shock you, um, but that's okay. Uh, I have one Carolina Hurricanes. It's my number okay. three. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not much more you have to say about this team besides depth and just to play the right way. Uh, coached well, obviously. Um, your boy Jacob Slavin is just having a great year dancing my dancing Mitch Marner every chance he gets which <laughs> um, and uh, biggest concern for me is Anderson playoffs yeah is he going to be is he going to be Toronto Anderson or is he going to be uh, you know is he going to put those demons behind them which right. if he does this team can go deep they I mean look at the, who, who's, the goal, 
Who was their goaltending when they went to the conference final in 2019? Uh, I can't that was that was Nadalkovich. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so Nadalkovich and and your I know it was uh yeah Nadalkovich and your boy Mrazek. Yeah, so like look at that, and you've got a, a guy above them uh, in net if you can just get the demons out of his head, like I said. Uh, Sebastian Ajo doesn't get enough credit for being a number one centerman and uh, just offensively gifted. And yeah, I, I, I mean, they're the, they're, they're the Canes, and I think they'll go deep uh, this year. What they lose, so what? They beat Nashville last year and then lost to Tampa? Uh, they lost to the Bruins in the first round or yeah. the second round sorry and okay the yeah. Bruins lost it to Tampa uh okay okay um yeah so I mean it, this team's got play, some playoff experience as, as a their nucleus I guess of the Ajo Terrabine and you know Jordan mm-hmm. Stahl like those guys like uh if, if they could just kind of get it together and get hot at the same time I really don't think that uh they'll have a too hard of a time Getting past the first round anyways, and then I think the, right. the deeper in you'll you'll see struggles. Yeah, I uh they're they're tough. They're I have them too. Um and like you said, my biggest worry is Frederick Anderson as well. I do think they got a better defense core than he ever had in Toronto. So that'll right. be big. Um Trocek, I, I think he's a sneaky good player. I mean, Nita Ryder has been there a long time. This team just plays for Rob Brennamore. They play a style. They don't bitch and complain about it. Um, you don't hear like an Aho or a Svechnikov complain like Mar- Matthew Barzell did in New York, where mm-hmm. I think these guys could have better numbers. Would the team be as good? I don't think so. So, you know, they, they play as a team. Pesci, Slavin, uh, Ian Cole is a guy who's won cups as a fifth, sixth defenseman. He's perfect for that role. Seth Jarvis is 19. He's playing in the NHL. Playing he doesn't well look too. out of place. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, so they they just got a lot, you know, my boy, Martin Neckash. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to play them. I think they play a physical brand of hockey. I think they can play skill if you want to. It's just, can Frederick Anderson get rid of those demons in his head? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I think that's, uh, yeah, so so I'll go with my number two. Yeah. Is that what that? Did you name your number three yet? What did you say? Florida, right? At Florida, then Carolina. Yeah. Okay. So I have Tampa Bay as my number two. Uh, wow. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Tampa Bay. Like I said just a second ago, deep as hell. Uh, great goaltending. Best defenseman in the league still. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just like, I had to, so neck and neck for me. And uh, yeah, I just like Florida just a, a tiny bit better. And I just think when it comes down to it, it's depth. And I yeah. just like Florida's depth over. I do like Tampa Bay stars more, but uh, I don't think that oversurpasses the, the team as a whole. Yeah, I, um, I had to put Tampa one because I have to see somebody beat them. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> You know, they're, it's, I, uh, you look at it and say they're not a team that wins a cup that misses the playoffs. They're not Carolina in 06. Or, you know, you go through the, the teams that miss the playoffs after winning a cup. Uh, Vancouver, uh, you know, when they, got to the, when they get to the final the next year, they, they uh, don't even make the playoffs. So it, there's teams that are Montreal uh, for, that, for that Dallas last year. 
getting to a final and not winning. But I, I still think they have their nucleus. They got the, like I said, they got the best goalie in the world. They had the best defenseman in the world. They have the most clutch playoff performer in the last two years and Braden Point still on that roster. Kucherov is healthy. McDonough is still – the fact that they got him from New York is still crazy to me. Uh, they really have two number one defensemen on their roster. But more than anything, you have Florida high, so do I. I want Florida and Tampa to play again because it was only five games last spring, but it was one of the funny funnest series I've seen in recent memory. That was a bloodbath, and I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, no Ekblad either, which uh, yes. that could be yeah. a deciding factor in, in, in at least a couple of puck battles. Um, like you said, he's, he's right up there in Norris battles or Norris, uh, Norris competition uh, with the best of them. So, yeah, they, they got a great blue line. If, if old, uh, you know, goalie Bob can live up to this $10 million contract that he signed, then uh, I, I think they can get deep. Um, yeah, it's just the guys I like, you know, they, they signed Reinhardt this year. They, they yeah. traded for Bennett last year. Uh, they've got, you know. It seems like every one. trade they do works. It's, yeah, it's that's just it. It's just like things, you know, and that's just a good sign of management's been working well. And, you know, they're rewarding the Barkov and Huberto who were there in the, the, the shit days when they were the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. And now they're finally seeing some success, but. You know, I don't think that's good enough for them. I think they want playoff success along with that. Absolutely. And you know, the East is deep. I think it's going to be very tough to get. I'm looking forward to when we get there because really the East right now is just about seeding because otherwise mm -hmm. it's kind of monotonous because you know who's going to make the playoffs. But nonetheless, I think it'll be a fun race down the stretch. Um, Shay, Tuesday, we'll be back. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. announce it tomorrow. We'll be doing it. Um, I think we're going to call it the local hour. Uh, okay. like Boomer, so we'll do that every every Tuesday on on uh, TTP. But uh, we have a weekend before that. Obviously, you said you have your anniversary dinner and uh, things of that nature this weekend. But any other plans for you uh, this coming this coming weekend? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go see my grandmother uh, out in Burt's Corner uh, near the nice. Price Turnway. So I'm gonna go see her. I haven't seen her in a while, so I'm excited to do that. Uh, other than that, just relax. My first weekend I've had off in a couple in a, in a few, so uh, I'll just be taking it pretty easy, I think, uh, for for the meantime. One thing before we head off, any comments? Uh, you might have already talked about this. KPMG, the company I work for, dropping Phil Mickelson. Yeah. What are, what are your comments on that? <sighs> Um, first of all, Phil, what a apology tour this guy's on. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know rich people are selfish because just look at billionaires across the world, but you know, Phil is worth almost 500 million. Uh, and he's complaining about salaries, complaining, pretending like he cares about the people, the younger players in golf, which is bullshit. But, yeah. you know, what really got me, Shay, and what really crossed the line is he was talking about how the PGA Tour is so bad, which could the PGA Tour be better, of course. I think PGA Tour players should have um, a fixed salary. You know, they should have some guaranteed money, if you will. But saying the Saudi Arabia is so great and all this, they have one of the worst histories for human rights in the whole world. And there's some bad places on Earth. Just check out what is happening in the Ukraine right now. But... Um, you know, I applaud KPMG. They've been aligned with Phil for 20 years. It's a long, that's a long-standing relationship. I think that took a lot of courage because it's not easy to drop him. He's a breadwinner. He's a guy that is always making headlines. 
but he looks like an ass right now, quite frankly. And, you know, good on him because he's, he said it, at least he apologized, albeit unapologetically apologizing. Yeah. It wasn't sincere. You no, could tell. It was not sincere whatsoever, but um, it, it's a big split because they're, he, they've, he's been wearing their hat, like I said, two decades. So it's a, it's a big decision from a, from a powerful, powerful company. Up and coming guy that you want to put the hat on. Who, who's it going to be? Ooh. Um, it's got to be American you, because they won't, they won't go. Yeah, I, I don't think gonna, they're not going to pick a European. Uh, I was going to say Victor Hovland, but they, uh, they won't pick Vic. Um, I would have said Matthew Wolf, but the guy just can't find it right now. You know, I'm going to go with a guy who's won a couple of tour events already. Uh, he hasn't won a major yet, but I do think he's very good. I'm going to go with Daniel Berger and oh, yeah. AKA hamburger. Um, he's a very good player. T to green. I think he'll, you know, he's uh, finished 18th in the FedEx cup standings last year. I mean, if you can get Colin Morikawa, get Colin Morikawa. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, no, um, you know, I, I think if you're going to go a guy that's up and coming, maybe not a big name yet, but could win a major, I think Daniel Berger is a guy that I would uh, circle. Yeah, yeah I, I, if, if, they, if he's happy. the one who got the hat, I'd be happy. KPMG, uh, Morikawa, get him. The guy, <laughs> the guy is a, is a flat-out stud. Yeah, yeah. To the to the FBI agent listening to this, uh, you know, recording on our laptops, maybe yeah, you can, uh, exactly. you can get something going here. Yeah, yeah, give, give him a call. Give him a call. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're going to see your grandmother. Uh, yeah. Well, what about you? What do you got on the on the charter for this weekend? I was gonna go to the Wildcat game tomorrow. Uh, postpone COVID, but positive outlook. Ending the mask mandate in two weeks. Love that. Ecstatic. Can't wait. Um, so likely just, you know, Honda Classic, little golf tournament. Watch some of that. Hockey, basketball's back tonight. Um, UFC uh, fight night Saturday. So, That's right. yeah, get back into the swing of sports like I do every other day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, how, how are you adjusting? We, oh, we talked before we went live, but I am looking forward to the Batman movie. So maybe yes, we can yeah. check that one out together or something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's It's been a while since I've actually been in a physical theater. I feel like all the new releases I've just been watching at home. So yeah, next time I'm home, I think we should, uh, we should, you know, try, try and get one in and, uh, or just meet a Moncton actually for that matter. Yeah, no, well, uh, let's figure that one out. Cause I, I want, again, we talked about the cast that it looks great and, uh, Again, I hope it's a, a superhero movie that's not so superheroish, not so hero. Maybe oh. it's a super, you know, okay. it's just a great f film, not, but that's what I think. I mean, you're a superhero, uh, more of an expert than me. I think Batman is very good at it. Not, not being so superhero type. You know, I think that the dark Knight, even the Bane dark Knight rises that screams more to me. It's just, you know, a villain with it, with a hero more than, uh, you know, supernatural crap and, you know, everything else attached. Yeah, no, I believe so. Uh, it's a, it's a realistic outlook on, yes. on the franchise. And, uh, uh, this one's supposed to be more into his detective work than it was say, you know, the action and all of that. So I think it'll be an interesting spin. Um, love the cast, like you said, and yeah, it's it's nice to see Ben Affleck not performing as uh, as Batman.
he's busy. Um, yeah. Got to hold JLo's bag. Uh, so, um, no awesome show today. We'll be back Tuesday uh, with, with the new and improved format. But uh, have a great weekend, Shay. And we'll talk. We'll talk then. Thank you, and can't wait to see. Uh, can't wait to see what this is all about tomorrow. Everybody, thanks for tuning in today. As Shay just said, check us out tomorrow afternoon. Facebook, YouTube, two o'clock. We'll we'll announce what's happening here into the point, and you'll get the first look at uh, at the new and improved to the point podcast. So we'll chat then.